Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Super excited for today's episode. We got the pleasure of meeting today's guest, Mike Simmons, actually on his podcast. We did an interview there and we've gotten to know him since. We were like, Mike, you got to come on Getting Magnetic. You got to share about not only entrepreneurial mindset and the idea of just getting started, but also add some value bombs around real estate investing. So a little background on Mike. Mike Simmons is an entrepreneur, seven-figure real estate investor and partner in one of the country's largest real estate mentorship and mastermind companies. As the master of taking strategic risks, he coaches others to do the same to allow them to become unstoppable with his program called Convince Me. Mike has personally worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs to take strategic risks that have paid off. Mike shared the stage with Gary Vaynerchuk, Ryan Serhant, Russell Brunson, among others, and he's been featured in Business Insider Magazine and produces and hosts the podcast, Just Start Real Estate. So if you're anything like me, you may get to a point in your business where you feel like you need some one-on-one coaching, you need some accountability, maybe you're ready to level up in your business, and you're really hard on yourself and you feel like you need someone outside of you to help hold you accountable, to help you see those blind spots, to help you do that deep inner work and figure out like what are those limiting beliefs, what is holding you back, and just to help you overall blossom and become a better version of you. So a few months ago, I actually hired Kayla Kraft with Mommy Millionaire. I've been working with her and she has an incredible program called the Millionaire S Society. So if you're an entrepreneurial mom who needs a high-level coach to finally break through without paying the high-level fees, this could be a program for you. So because you guys are loyal listeners of our podcast, Mommy Millionaire is offering you a 25% off discount on your first month of the Millionaire S Society. So head over to mommymillionaire.co slash critities. C-R-I-T-I-D-E-S, that's mine and Wade's last name, to sign up and take advantage of this amazing offer. Trust me, you're going to be thrilled that you did this. Okay, so Mike, we are so happy to have you here today. Welcome to Getting Magnetic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, we got the pleasure of being on your podcast, and that was really fun getting to know you. And we are now so grateful to introduce you to our Getting Magnetic community. So before we kind of kick off today, I would love to ask you, I always love asking guests and getting their input on this. What does Getting Magnetic mean to you, Mike? So to me, what it means is Getting Magnetic is being around people who you want to attract to you to help you and provide value in your life. So for me, I know that the minute I started attracting and, and being magnetic to people who I wanted to emulate, like my business changed forever, like and dramatically changed and quickly changed. So for me, that's it's all about being magnetic to those people that that you really want to emulate. Mm, I love answer. that. So good. 
Well, yeah, we got magnetic to each other in this podcast world. And we were like, Mike, we, we were on Mike's podcast, Just Start Real Estate. And then we, we were like, we got to get him on too. So we're going to do a little quick fire round before we get into the bulk of the interview. Okay. Just like this or that, have some fun, get to know Mike. So employee or entrepreneurship? For me, entrepreneurship, you got to be kidding me. I can jump off a cliff if I was an employee again. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> I feel the same way. Okay. Stock market or real estate investing? Oh, real estate investing. That was a layup. All right. <laughs> beach or mountains? Beach. I love it. Sleeping in or up early? Oh, sleeping in. I, my miracle I morning starts around that. nine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Working out or drinking a beer? Drinking a beer. I got to choose one. That's probably what yeah, it would be. I love I'll the honesty. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanksgiving or Christmas? <sighs> Thanksgiving. So much less pressure and it's such good eating. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. Are entrepreneurs born or made, would you say? This was actually a great question that Mike and we talked about on his podcast and I loved his answer so much. Sandy and I were talking, we're like, we need to ask Mike that. Yeah. Yeah. I love this question so much. And I was going to say, yes, I asked people this one too. I think that entrepreneurs are born. But here's, here's the caveat, I will say. When I grew up and growing up as a kid, I didn't have paper routes and I didn't mow people's lawn. I didn't shovel the driveway. I didn't go and do things. I didn't sell baseball cards. I didn't do any of that stuff. There was no hint of entrepreneurialism in me at all. However, once I got to be an adult and I sort of escaped my family's like influence and I started like really thinking on my own. And, and the minute I went into the entrepreneurial lane, the minute I actually like moved into that lane and started experiencing entrepreneurial lifestyle, it was like I was born again. Like it was like I just came out of water. So to answer your question, I think they're born, but sometimes you're like a, for lack of a more elegant way of saying it, you're like an entrepreneurial sleeper cell. Like you're just going about your life. There's nothing to indicate anything until it's triggered and something triggers it. You could be a book you read. It could be somebody you know that has a business. But once it's triggered, you go, oh my gosh, this is what I was meant to do. And I really do think that that's, that's the case because I know plenty of people they just, they're not entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter what environment you put them in. So I was talking to Gino Wickman on my podcast, and he has a new book out about basically deciding whether or not you're an entrepreneur. And I said, I think some entrepreneurs are like piano prodigies where they're just a kid, normal kid. You put them in front of a piano and they're like, dun, 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 dun. and it's like, whoa, 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 what happened? Like he just needed a piano or she just needed a piano to know that that was what they were going to be great at. And I think entrepreneurs are the same way. And I think I fall into that camp. There was nothing to indicate until I started down that path. And it was like I was reinvigorated, like I was alive again. I couldn't even think about my day job. And then when I finally left, it was like it was it was the biggest burden in my life having that job because I found what I needed to do. So I think they're born. It's just some of us don't emerge until we're an adult at some point. That is so powerful. I remember you saying when we were talking about this last time that, yeah, we're all born entrepreneurs. It's just whether it's activated in us or not. It's whether we get the piano in front of us to use that analogy. For some of us, some are just like, no, I'm going no matter what. Some need the piano and yeah, some need to stumble into it. But also like society these days really conditions us not to be an entrepreneur, to oh, go yeah. after the safety of the paycheck and the certainty and the customary what everyone's doing. So I love that perspective because like we all have that that entrepreneurial spirit inside of us. It's just about 
you know, you, you got to exercise the muscle yeah. and it's somehow totally. it has to come into your life. So I'd love to dive into that. How did entrepreneurship come into your life? Like, was there an aha moment? Was there, you know, I'm done with this life? Was there that like breaking point? Cause I know, you know, in doing my research on you and getting to know you better, like you refer to it as you're in a low paying job. You didn't like it. And you segued into entrepreneurship. Now, it wasn't like a lightning quick thing, but I'd love for you to empower listeners out there with your story. Yeah. So I will say this for anybody listening who has young children, there is something to exposing them to a wide variety of things to see what it is they love. Because I'll, I'll say this in my family, my parents meant well, totally well. They had nothing but best intentions for me, but there was no, no encouraging entrepreneurialism, owning your own business. When I was growing up, if you said you were an entrepreneur, that meant you were unemployed, basically. That's how people looked at it, right? Like Midwest, like union, automotive. My family, my parents, they wanted me to get a job in a union shop, get benefits, get the union protection, like get my paycheck every week, work all the overtime that they would offer you. So if that means you work 712s, then great. Like nothing lights my dad's face up than when I would work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. He loved it, right? And so there was all of this weight on me about how I should be doing things. And I followed that path. I went I went to school. I, I, I didn't even go to college right after high school. I went into, a, it wasn't automotive, but I went into a union company. I went UPS. All right? I went into, a, it was a union, right? My dad was ecstatic. And I thought, he's happy. I don't really love school. Like, I'll just do this. I'm not going to go to college. What do I need that for? And you know, within a couple of years, wrecked my back, just wrecked it working there. And um, had to go into a more of like a white collar uh, situation in the automotive industry. Did that. And all the while, by the way, it's like, you know, I'm young. I got married young. I had kids young. So it's like the first like 10 years of adulthood was me just trying to catch up to life. It felt like worked at UPS, thought that was going to be it forever. Had to start over a new career path, new industry. So I'm trying to get my feet under me there. Meanwhile, I got married. I had kids, didn't like my job realized at the time there was a it was right after 2000 so there was a lot of like you know there was a recession and there was a lot of people losing their jobs and so i was looking around at this automotive industry that i was in for you know the last 5 or 6 years and realizing i was a commodity I, there was nothing special about me i didn't have an education i'd only been in the industry for a handful of years like there were people getting laid off and fired who had way more value than I did. And there's one thing I was raised by parents and my dad was a Marine. He went to Vietnam. He was hardcore. He was a kind of a biker when he, when he came out of Vietnam. Like if there's one thing that I'm good at, it's self-awareness. I am self-aware. I am, I have no delusions of grandeur. I don't have a big ego because that's not how I was raised. So looking around the automotive industry, people around me getting laid off, I was like, every single one of them has more value than me. So it's only a matter of time. And if I need to go out and find another job, I won't get picked ahead of any of these people. Right. So I thought I need to go back and get my college education. So I went back as an adult with kids, full-time job, the whole nine, got my degree and immediately doubled my income. And I started working at a, at a much better place and a you know, much better career path. And I thought, awesome, this is what I'm going to do. Right? So restarting my career again, getting my feet under me again, trying to learn this new industry and, and going about it. And after about five, year, five or six years there, I was just miserable. I just hated it. I, ha I hated it. Like, like so many people can, re can relate to this, but I hated 
Sundays so bad. I couldn't even enjoy Sunday because I knew Monday was right around the corner. And it was just like misery all week. I felt like a fish out of water. I, I did a good job. I was getting raises and promotion. Like everything was good on the outside looking in. But I felt like every day I went into work, I was literally just just grinding away at my soul. Like I just was dying. And and so in a moment of lowness, I just said, you know what? How am I even gonna like? I'm not like a math guy, you know, so to speak, but I like making spreadsheets to try to help me solve problems or at least figure out, you know, a little more complex math. And so I thought with the rate I'm going with what I make and the raises and the expected raises and the cost of living and how long I plan on living, like how, how, when am I going to retire? Like, when is that going to be able to happen? Like mathematically, when could I do that? And it was like, when I figured out the math, it was well over a hundred years old before I could read. I was like, I'm not going to live to be a hundred probably. So that's no good. So I thought I need to take whatever money I do have and I need to invest it. I need to figure out a way to make my money work for me. And intuitively, and at the time, like day trading was really big. It probably still is. I don't even know. But I started looking into stocks and day trading and getting into that world you know, after looking into it, I just hated it. It was boring. I, I couldn't stay on, I couldn't stay focused when I was studying it because it was like studying insurance. Like it just bored me to tears. But as I was Googling, you know, investing, investing for retirement, best investing vehicles, like I finally found real estate. And I was like, whoa, what's, I, I didn't even really think about this. Like, what does that even mean investing in real estate? How would you do that? And it sounds intimidating. And I started reading people and going to blogs and you know going to different forums which were big at the time and um it, it just drew me in i was i was so into it like i was just so wrapped up in it i could just read about it study it for hours and i, I was voracious i just wanted more and and so here's the here's where the story gets a little off track though that happened to me i found it i fell in love with it i started going to local conferences and meetups and talking to investors and i was like you know what this is what I want to do. This is my way out. Like this is how I'm going to make my living. And I and I put that stake in the ground and said, I want to be a real estate investor. This is what I want. And then for 5 years, I made every excuse in the world to not actually do it. I was studying, I was telling myself I was trying to be prepared, I was doing my due diligence, I was getting myself set up, I was trying to, you know, avoid making mistakes. Like I was just I was afraid. I was totally afraid. I found what I wanted to do. It's sort of like you meet this person who you're just like, I want to spend the rest of my life with them, but you don't ask them out because you're afraid because if they say no, then your world crashes. And so for me, it was like real estate was my way out. But if I tried it and I failed, now what? Now I'm screwed because this was my, this was my way. And I think that that psychology froze me and I just got paralysis analysis and I made an excuse in the world. But for five years, I did that. And then I hit another low, which was... You know, I told you I was raised by a Marine and there was a lot of things that weren't tolerated in my house growing up. And one of them was giving up. One of them was feeling bad for yourself. One of them was making excuses and being afraid certainly wasn't, wasn't a, a real big, you know, pleasant thing in my house to say you were afraid of something. So I had to realize at some point I was making excuses. I was blaming everybody else. And I was, I was afraid. And I just got really disgusted with myself and said, well, I'm going to do this. And if I fail, I fail. You know, if I lose money, I lose money, but I, I'm so miserable not doing it that I have to do something. And so I did, I took the plunge and started making offers on houses and got my first house under contract in 2008. So I started, 2003 is when I put that stake in the ground and said, I want to do this. 
2008, I got my first deal. And here's the thing. This was when I got that first deal and did it, that was the piano being put in front of me and me sitting down and realizing I'm a prodigy. Like I did it. I made a ton of money for me, at least. I made a ton of money at the time. I made a lot of mistakes, but I made a lot of money. But it was literally doing that deal and seeing the process and understanding that I could actually do it. Literally, the closest analogy I can give you is like being underwater way too long. And when you finally come up and you breathe oxygen, how that feels, that's how I felt like inside, like my soul just like woke up. And I was like, this I can do. I'm good at this. And I I just did that and it worked. I can repeat that. Like I can go. And I I just... I became the biggest risk taker I had ever met because of, prior to that, I was afraid of like looking bad and making mistakes and being stupid. After that, it was just like, I was just making offers like crazy. Like I was, I was addicted. I was addicted to being an entrepreneur. Wow. Your story <clears throat> is so empowering and relatable. And I know everyone listening is like, just taken on that journey and like can relate. Like, wow. I think a lot of people feel stuck and get those Sunday scaries. I can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. And like live for the weekends, like TGIF is like such a thing. And it's like, life doesn't, yeah, life does not (laughs) have to be like that. So thank you for sharing that story. Well, here's the crazy thing. Like the company I worked for every other Friday was casual Friday. You wore jeans and a button up shirt. You have no idea how happy I would get on those Fridays, just to have that little freedom that they allowed us to wear jeans. It's like, I think of it now and I'm just like, you idiot, what were you doing? Like, you know, and I I empathize with people who are kind of gripped in fear and and they're afraid to take that that leap or that step into whatever it is they want to do. I empathize with them, but I'm pretty tough love with them too. Like I I talk to people all the time who are like, how do I get started? What do I do? And I go, well, what do you want to do? Tell me, well, what have you done so far? Well, you know, I ordered business cards. I've been working on my logo. I'm like, no, stop. Dude, you are not doing anything. You're, You're doing stuff so you don't have to actually take action. Like you need to get out and do something. Like don't even come back until you've done this, this, and this. You know, it's like, I get real tough with those guys because I needed someone to be like that with me. I just... I didn't tell anybody what I was, what I wanted to do. I didn't even tell my family what I wanted to do. So the fact that I wasn't doing it wasn't eating at me, but no one was holding me accountable or calling me out because I didn't tell anybody, right? So you want to stay safe and where in the world you are and never do anything different. Don't tell anybody what your dreams are and then nobody will question you. But if you really want to get out of that and you really want to take action and change everything, tell everybody what you want to do because there will be people who will come to you and go, Hey man, I thought you were going to do that. What'd you do? Why aren't you doing it? Like, you know, they'll call you out and you need those people. Oh, I think it's so important to declare it. Public. There's it power there. in a public declaration. Mm. Huge. And I, I go one step further. I say, go out of your way to find that one person in your life who will absolutely give you crap. Like they live to find things that you don't do or you screw up. (laughs) Like it could be a brother or a good close friend who just knows you. And, and, And it's more importantly, someone who knows your BS. You know, like your mom is gonna make excuses for you. My mom would make excuses for me no matter what I did. But my brother or some of my friends, like, they know it. The minute I start talking, they go, you're so full of it. You are so lying to me right now. You're not doing it because of whatever, you know, you were watching TV or something. So find that person who will absolutely call you out and tell them what you want to do and tell them to call you out and make your life miserable if you don't. Some people need that. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's such a scary, vulnerable thing to do because you really are putting it out on the line. Like 
I don't know if I can do this and they're going to not let me see the end of this if I don't. I feel like our whole world knows our goals and aspirations. <laughs> so I think we've done a good job on that part. It scares the living shit out of me. And yeah. Sandy's usually leading the front and like stretching my... I'm like, well, we could go here. And she's like, but why go there if we could go way up here? And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? We have to declare that? But but I love it. Great. <laughs> right. She's a visionary. It's so critical. <laughs> I want to ask you, how do you think about risk and taking risk, whether in life or real estate, like really anything? Yeah, that's such a good question. Because I think that is sort of like fear is the, is the umbrella that, of, of the description of what stops people. But risk is real specific. We're designed as humans to avoid risk. Like our, our instincts push us, try to pull us and push us away and keep us out. It's just like, it's just, that's how we survive as a race, right? Like we don't go into scary situations without any anxiety. Like it, it makes us all scared. But, you know, there's two things that people are motivated by pleasure and pain. And some people can be motivated enough by pleasure or what they want to actually go out and do something. But I think there's a big part of the a segment of our, of our population that's motivated by pain. And I think when the pain of your current situation is greater than the fear of the risk that you would take to get out of it, that's when change happens. And some people just have a higher pain tolerance. And so they go to work every day, every year for their entire career, and they retire, and they didn't have really one good year at work their whole life because they were miserable because it's the known, right? It's like you can go in and face the pain you know, or open up door number two and, and go to the unknown. And, and people are afraid of the unknown. But here's what I say to people when it comes to like, you know, managing the, the risk or thinking about the risk. Two things. Number one, sit down and really mentally take the exercise of going through the rest of your life and imagine what your life will be like over the next 10, 20 years, if you just stay on the path you're on. It's easy. It's easy to imagine. Most people can tell you exactly what they'll be doing 10 or 20 years from now if they change nothing. Now think about what your life could be like if you took the risk and it worked out for you. Like, What does that lo life look like? So I say the riskier thing is doing the thing you know you're not going to like. Like You know you're not going to like that. So then going the other path, that's almost less risky because you might not have to live this life that you're in. Like there might be a better alternative for you. The real like practical side of risk is I think most people are afraid because they don't understand. They don't have enough information about what they want to do. And there is information overload. There's paralysis analysis. However, education is part of it. If you're going to start something new, let's say you want to start a real estate investing company, right? I don't necessarily suggest people just go on the MLS, throw a dart, start making offers on random properties. Like You have to have some level of education. So you need to educate yourself. But here's the deal. The path is going to be A to Z, right? A, B, C, D. You're going to go through all that throughout the course of your, of your career. You don't, know how, you don't have to know how to get to Z. You have to know how to get to B. So when you're on A, learn how to get to B. Once you get to B, learn how to get to C. And so learn just enough to get to the next step and start taking that action forward. The other thing is, is when a person goes to Vegas, right? You know, there's this cliche about like you just bring whatever, like bring a thousand dollars and like just it's a thousand dollars you you're willing to lose, right? 
And, and if you play whatever you play and you lose a thousand dollars, you know, no harm, no foul. Don't go to the ATM, but just figure out if it's a hundred dollars, bring a hundred dollars. You need to a little bit do that with time and money when you start a business specifically. Now, if you're starting like a workout routine, you want to get in shape, different story. But I'm talking about starting a business. There is probably going to be some level of financial risk or financial amount of money that you're willing to, to put up to get this thing going. But even maybe more importantly is you have to put time toward it. So I've talked to, and you guys probably have too, talked to so many people where they go, I really want to do this thing. I want to start this business, whatever it is, but they're not putting in a lot of time. Like they're just sort of doing it on the weekends or like, you know, ah, I was busy last night, me and the wife or whatever we watched Breaking Bad. And it's like, wait a minute, like you have to sacrifice something. And for anybody who starts a thing on the side when they when they have a job, like nights, weekends, lunch hours, every free minute, like you have to sacrifice stuff. You just do. I talked to a guy yesterday who just quit his job to do real estate. He just quit it. And he said, I get up at five in the morning. I don't go to bed till midnight. And I haven't watched TV since I left my job. And he goes, before that, I loved college football. I love college sports. I watched movies at night. Like he goes, I haven't even turned my TV on in two months because I left my job. And it's like, that's sometimes a sacrifice you have to make. And then the last piece of that, that risk, because it's all risk management, the risk you can't remove totally, but you can manage it by education, figuring out the time and money that you're willing to put up to make this thing happen. And then the execution part of it's huge because we all get excited about the thing we want to do. And we're like, Hey, I've got this money set aside and I'm going to stop watching TV. It's great. Until you hit some challenges and you hit some bumps in the road. And then you wake up one day and you go, Ugh. I just don't want to today, right? That's the execution. You have to figure out a plan to execute every single day. Part of it is telling those folks who will call you out, right? You get up and don't do anything and then you have to face them or talk to them at the end of the week or whenever you see them next. And it's like, you don't want that to happen. Declaring it to the world like you guys do through social media and all that, like putting it out there, like you need to build that outside pressure sometimes to help you get up in the morning, get it done. But also you need a strong why. You know, if you're doing this because let's just build a, a build a scenario like maybe your dad worked 10 hours, you know, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. He never saw you, never at your games, never at your plays, never at your concerts, all that stuff. And you decided, I don't want to be that parent. I want to be there for my kids. And so I can't work a job that keeps me away from home all the time. So I'm doing this so that I can be present for my children as they grow and they can see me in the audience and they know I care and they know I'm there and they know I'm supportive. Like build that up to the point where that why, the reason why you're doing this is greater than the, the pain that you're going to feel on any given day because you hit a road bump or a challenge, or you're just not feeling it that morning, or some investor said no, or some website crashed yesterday and you lost a lot of sales because whatever it is, right? Like your why needs to absolutely get you up in the morning and, and get you off the mat when you get knocked down. You have to have, and if you don't, if it's just money, by the way, if you're like, oh, I just want to make a lot of bank, like I just want money. That money is sugar. Like money is sugar. Try to sustain. Try to try to feel like you're full and, and you don't need any more food by just eating sugar. Right? It'll pump you up for a couple of hours, and as like you crash and you feel like crap. And if you just add more sugar, it just doesn't work. That's why in the corporate world, raises only motivate the person who gets the raise for a couple of months. And then it's like, this is just my money. Like, why am I getting excited? And they don't get excited till the end of the year when they hope they get another raise. And if they don't get another raise, they're pissed. Right? So. Money is sugar. I'm just, yeah, money is sugar. It, it, it is not a motivation long-term. It won't get you off the mat when you're feeling beaten down.
I love the why. Yeah. Why is why we do anything is like the driving force. And it's like, I, I always say, if, when your why is big enough, obstacles cease to exist, or maybe they don't cease to exist, but those huge obstacles just become hurdles. It's like, I'm going to move over or around this somehow, some way. And I want to empower people on the risk. I love all that, those value bombs on how you think about risk. And I, I know you and your wife go back and forth. Like, you're like, I'll push all my chips in. My wife's like, no, nah, I got to think about it more. But in thinking through risk and taking risk in your life and whatever it is too, I also want to pose the question like think about what what is the worst case scenario like you go for it, you start that business you like go through okay worst case very worst case scenario is i end up uh let's say back at your parents house or something like that's the worst case and think is that okay that's not the worst thing in the world but also that is a huge pain point i'm not doing that in my 30s 40s 20s whatever like i'm already out of the house like let the pain drive you but also think what's the worst case scenario let me take the risk so I want to pivot into so much of your story, your message. Sandy and I often say like your mess becomes your message. And I see that in your story because, you know, we are on your podcast, Just Get Started Real Estate. And you have, you've almost built a message and a brand like in just starting around that. And I remember listening to a podcast, Ed Milet's podcast. He had Mark, I'm blanking on his last name, co-founder of Netflix. And he was talking about entrepreneurs. The biggest thing is just is just getting started is doing the thing let's say he brought up a, an example i think of this girl he met wanted to do a clothing exchange in college in the dorm rooms and whatever and she was going to start like doing all this marketing and stuff for her. he's like no no just go to your friends around the dorm and be like hey want to start doing this and see if it if it takes traction when they started netflix it was way before what it is now and they were like it was like mail dvds mailing movies and he's like, let's just start mailing DVDs to our friends and family and people and see how that goes. Like, it's just go out and do it first and everything will, you know, you'll learn so much. So like shine some light on why just getting started is the biggest step for an entrepreneur. Because I think that that is the first, I, I always say there's two hurdles. There's getting started and then there's scale, right? Getting started that first deal or, you know, in real estate, that first deal or anything you're doing. You have to change your pattern, right? You have to interrupt your own pattern. That's the hardest thing to do. When you're on a course, you're on this beaten path, pattern interruption for adults and kids, frankly, pattern interruption is the hardest thing to do. You have this life that you've created over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, depending on how old you are. Like you have this routine, you have what what feels painful, but in fact, a lot of times gives you some level of comfort and safety and security this this little because you know if you were held prisoner somewhere after a while there's people who are in prison for you know 50 years and they get out right and they don't even want to go out they don't want to get out they don't know what to do with themselves because they've lived this horrible life but it's the only life they really know and it's hard for them even to like acclimate to being free and i think that we have that a little bit as you know, these, uh, and I, I, this is a bad maybe term to use because a lot of people are in this situation, but these robots who just go into work every single day and they like sit down at their cubicle and they log on and they go get a cup of coffee and they sit down and they check their emails like every day and they're miserable doing it. But it's sort of, there's a comfort to doing that. And so getting yourself to get out of that lane, to get out of that comfort 
is really, really hard. And that's why I, I described all the things I just described. You need a strong why. If you don't know why you're trying to get out of it, you won't. Because when it gets a little bit tough and when there's a little bit of resistance, you'll just go, ah, I'm just going to go back to what I know. right? So there has to be something big enough. But once you do that, and this was me, right? I was underwater, didn't even know I was drowning really until I came up and realized this is a different life. And this is the life that I think I was meant to do. But the problem is getting out of that comfort. And a lot of us have a lot of, there's layers. This is complex. That's why I said I empathize with people who are in the situation because there's so many reasons to not get out of that comfort zone. A ton of them. There's I have a car. I have a house. I have kids that are going to private school. My wife maybe just left her job because we're having a, another child. Like all these reasons, and they're legitimate, but it makes it really, really hard because your brain has been designed for generations and generations to stay safe. Don't run headlong into the lions. You need to stay safe. And in, in doing this, this thing, this entrepreneurial journey, sometimes feels like you're heading into danger. When in fact, once you get inside of that or get to the other side of that fear, you realize to your point that you said, it's, it's not nearly as bad. Like what's the worst thing that can happen? And whatever the worst thing is, by the way, almost never happens. Like rarely does the worst thing happen. And the worst thing isn't even all that horrible. And what you find is you, it's like kids who are afraid to get on a roller coaster. What happens? I don't want to go. They cry. They don't, you, you convince them, they go down it. And the first thing you say is, do, I want to do it again. Right, because they got past that initial fear. It was it was unreasonable, irrational fear, and that's the fear we have of getting started. And so my mission is if I can if I can get you to at least start, take that first step. If you're an, if you're a real estate investor, make an offer on a house, get a house under contract, and like then come back. We'll figure out what to do then. But you have to get past that fear of getting started. It's so much you know, it's so much easier than you fear it's going to be, right? Most people think it's going to be really, really tough. And then the next step is once you get started and you kind of have this thing going, you know, this is this is not what you asked me, but a lot of people feel like they get on this hamster wheel and they're working more than they were working. They're a little bit, you know, beaten down a little more than they were when they worked for somebody else. And how do you scale that? How do you form a team? How do you build a business that allows you to run the, your business without you being in it all the time? So I love the passion and how you talk about this. Like so often when Wade and I are, you know, meeting new people or talking, one of the first people questions people always ask is, what do you do? I kind of like want to break that, by the way, because I feel like that's such a yeah. It's like awkward. Like, oh, is that where where this conversation is going right now? Actually, interested. Just this safe thing. Our brain. It's just like what people do. Like, oh, what do you do, or what industry are you in? Right. And so many times, people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, or ugh, like whatever. And we go into this topic, and I often find like I just want to ask people like, you seem like you're literally just doing this in exchange for money, right? Like, if if you were not to get paid anymore, would you do what you're doing? I ask that to people sometimes in our business when we're mentoring people, like with the job that you have, like if they stopped paying you, would you still do it? And people are like, no, I'm literally just doing it for whatever the salary is. Right. And I think it's so important to have this love and this passion for what you do where like in business, we know business ebbs and flows. There's going to be incredible, fantastic, like euphoric times that you're like, I can't even believe like I made this much money or like that this deal closed or whatever happened. And then there's going to be times where you're like, not sure how we're going to figure this out. We need to put our heads together. We're going to have to get really creative and we have to think outside the box. And that's kind of like what entrepreneurship is like mm -hmm. as a whole. But I feel like just hearing your story and hearing your passion, the like passion. it's like, yeah, it's like you would 
like he's the pianist he's the prodigy and the real estate yes we we just figure it out like oh i love that about you okay so i want to ask like what would you tell people who are interested in real estate investing but they haven't started yet like they really don't know what to do honestly the best thing you can do in in any industry real estate is no exception this is through trial and error. I learned this. I did it wrong and, and then I did it right. And so I'm speaking from experience here. The best thing you can do is find somebody or some people who have done it and are succeeding at a level that you aspire to get to and learn from them. Like, do not be the I'll just figure it out. How hard can it be? person because that rarely works. And it certainly never works in a timely fashion. It almost always is the best route to seek help, find a mentor, find a coach, find a mastermind, something. Surround yourself with the right people and ask the right questions. So if somebody wanted to get started, I would say selfishly, if they want to get started in real estate, I'm not going to direct them to somebody other than me. I would say, come to me. I want to help you. But I'll tell you what, I am the most impatient person you'll ever meet in your life. And so I have impatience for my success and I have impatience for my ability to help somebody. So when I try to help somebody start a real estate business or maybe scale it up, I don't give them advice that I anticipate working for them in a year or two. I want to see results now. I want to see changes now. I don't listen to a lot of crazy excuses of why they're not doing it. Like I really want to see people succeed. And I think people want to succeed quickly. But you know, I have even family members who want to invest in real estate. They told me three years ago that they want to do it. And I gave them advice three years ago and they've not taken action, right? So I can't make you, you could take a horse, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink. I'm going to bring you to water and I'm going to say drink and then I'm going to scream drink and then I'm going to ask you why you're not drinking and I'm going to drink and show you. And then it's like, I'm going to do everything I can to get you going. You have to want it more than me though. You have to want it for yourself more than I want it for you. But I guarantee if real estate is your thing and investing in real estate is your thing, if I can't help you, I don't think you're helpable. So you, I, come and see me and I will help you. We'll get you off the off the starting block. I love that confidence. So, okay, share then. I feel like you have a program, right? Where you're teaching people, like tell the listeners, like what is working with you look like and what do you have to offer? Yep. So the website is called Business Fast Track Blueprint. And it's because I really want to fast track you to getting your business started. And I want to give you a blueprint because I know just from coaching people over the last several years, the number one thing I hear is like, I need a system. Like, tell me, like, what's the process? What are the steps? Like, don't just throw a bunch of information up in the air and expect me to pull it out and put it in order. Like, you put it in order. Like, help me put it in order and tell me what I have to do. So, it's a four week program. It's one to many. It's a group coaching environment where I teach for the week. I teach you what I need you to know for that week. There's open Q and A where you can directly ask me specific questions about your specific situation, and then there are there are basically lessons. There's assignments every week where I need you to get these things done this week. And next week, we're going to build on it. It's the gamut, right? We, we do talk a little bit about your why. Like, I want to make sure before I start talking to somebody, I know they seriously want, they need to do this. They don't not just want to do it. It would be cool. I know this guy who has this thing and I thought it might be awesome to maybe do it. I don't know. Like, no, why do you need to do this? Tell me why you need to do it. And then we'll build the foundation. We'll get the education for you. We'll build the systems. Like I, I run more than one seven-figure business. I know how to set it up from the beginning because I've built them poorly and I've built them well from the beginning. I can help you do that. And a lot of companies go out of business, not because they're not producing revenue. It's because 
their their system is broken. Like they don't have a very good business model. And so revenue's coming in, but it, they just implode. Like they don't know what they're doing. So we help you get past all that and then a real process and a real system for executing every single day. And I will not put my name on something that I know I don't know for a fact I can do at a high level. So anybody who joins this program, like I feel like it's it's my reputation and it's it's my it's my ego on the line too. Like you need to succeed or I feel like I failed. So that's kind of how I approach it. Nice. I love it. When does this course start? Is there like a start date? Yeah, it's going to... It's a four-week course. It actually starts on the 29th of June. But if you're hearing this after that, go to businessfasttrackblueprint.com because the the goal here is to run the program, iterate, make improve, you know, always be adding to it and, and making sure it's as good as it can be. So we'll be running it continuously, but you can go there and check it out. Awesome. Okay. We will drop the links in the show note to connect with Mike and to connect with you know, this program we're talking about here. I got one last question for you, Mike. What are you most excited for in life right now? I hope you don't consider this a cop-out, but it's the, it's dead on its truth. It's the same thing that I've been the most passionate about for the last 29 years. It's my kids. The minute my kids were born, my, my life changed, my mindset changed, my priorities changed what I value, what I get joy out of in life, everything changed. And I fell in love with my kids the day they were born. And I still love spending time with them and being around them. And so for me, when I get free time, that's what I do. I spend time with my family. I don't hunt. I don't bowl. I don't have like all these things that pull me away. Like I want to be with my kids and they're adults now, but we hang out. It's a blast. Like that's that's all I really care about. That is amazing. That rings so true with us and hits close to home because we're, you know, we're due in November with expecting our first child and we're just super that's definitely what we're most excited for in life right now and uh mike it's been an absolute pleasure just getting to know you better that's what's so cool about this entrepreneurial world the podcast world connecting with people you know extracting value and education out of each other like learning wisdom and thank you for just sharing your wisdom your knowledge and and also what you have to offer helping people get started in the real estate game just we want to thank you. We're grateful for you and for the value that you add in the world. And any last thoughts? You know, Steve Jobs sort of said it like, you can live somebody else's life, you can build somebody else's company, you can do what people told you you're supposed to do, or you can do what you really were born to do. You can do what you're passionate about doing. You can do something to your point, Sandy. You can do something that you would do even if they, you weren't getting paid for it. That's what I really am pushing people. That's my mission. And the only way you do that is to take that first step. Like You have to get started. Just, just start because you can't steer a parked car, right? You got to get that car moving. And if you decide whatever you start doing is not ultimately what you want to do, change course. But it, you can't steer until you're actually moving forward. So start moving forward and then steer your life down the path you really want to be going. So good. Okay. And Mike, how can people find you like on social media and your podcast if you want to... We'll obviously put it in the show notes, but just tell them here. The podcast is called Just Start Real Estate. You can do a search in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts for Mike Simmons and it'll pull up. On Instagram and most social media, it's Mike S. Simmons. So there's two S's in there. Mike S. Simmons. My middle name is Scott. So I'm Michael Scott, which is awesome after the office. My brother <laughs> always loves telling people his brother's Michael Scott. So at Mike, uh, Mike S. Simmons on, on all social media, Just Start Real Estate and go to businessfasttrackblueprint.com to check out the program. 
Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. You added a lot of value and I know our listeners are going to be flooding that site and definitely wanting to be part of your course. So Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Every time I talk to you, 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 you lift my mood because you guys are really fun and awesome people. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate you. you. Have an awesome day, brother. All right, guys. Mike is so charismatic. I love how knowledgeable he is and I love how real he is. Like him talking about his family and how that's like his why. I remember at the end of his podcast when we were guests on there, he said something that struck me. I literally was brought to tears. He said, I want you to know, Sandy, that your mom would be so proud of you. Like your mom would be so proud of what you accomplish. And I was like so thrown off because we just did this pretty professional episode. And then he took time to tell me like, if you were my kid, I'd be proud of you. And I want you to know your mom would be proud of you too. And I'm like, wow, I love that he has this like emotional side to him. So not only is he a genius and an incredible entrepreneur, but he also is like in tune with emotions, which you know, I'm totally here for. So great episode. Loved having Mike Simmons on and you should totally subscribe to his podcast. And if you got value out of today's episode, we want you to remember to share, like, subscribe, take a screenshot right now if you're listening on your phone, share it on social media because that is what keeps this podcast going. You guys, the audience, we appreciate you. We're grateful for you. We're so excited to connect with entrepreneurs and just amazing people week to week and share value with you. So to share value back, hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating only if you feel like we're five-star quality here and share it on social media. That's what keeps it going. So we appreciate you. Have an awesome rest of your day. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.